the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Teachable moments, because in those heart-to-heart conversations, there will be teachable moments. Teachable moment is not when you preach your child a sermon. Oh, they're open right now. I'm going to really let them have it. No, no. You know when your child's heart's open? You can tell when their heart's open. They're ready to receive. They're ready to listen to you. Okay, this is a heart-to-heart moment. It's, led to, it's a teachable moment. You have to steward that moment very carefully. And it's not time to preach them a message. It's time to share with them from your life. How do you know as we're talking? You know, it just reminds me of something I went through in my life. And I had to learn this lesson too. Maybe what I'm going to share with you will help you. Do you see the different tone? I'm sharing with them as a conversation. I'm not sharing with them as a sermon, okay? Your children will turn off to a sermon, but they'll open up to a conversation, okay? And when their hearts are open, they're ready to receive wisdom from, from mom or dad that connects with them where they are. And they're teachable moments. And by the way, let me say something else about teachable moments. You're not going to have a whole bunch of them throughout your, throughout your child's life. They're few and far between. That's why you want to make sure that you capture them when they happen as much as possible. And by the way, ask God to give you these moments. And if you, if you will, he will provide them for you. And then you need to know and filter your child's what? Can I get an amen right there? Okay. okay. No, and what else? Know and filter your child's friends. Remember the relationship? What kind of relationship is it? It's a parent-child relationship, right? So as a parent, you need to be wiser and more mature. And so with your children, you need to know who their friends are. You need to have some say in who their friends are. Now, I understand this changes as your children get older. And there are certain times you have to give them the opportunity to start making friends on their own. And, and you can't be involved in their child's life all throughout their, their upbringing in every realm. But as much as possible, you need to know who their friends are and filter them. As Okay, you got some new friends. Bring them in. I'm going to interview them. I want to see their resume, okay? want to know something about them. And I will tell you, honestly, it really happened to me. There were times in my, as, in my growing up years that when, I, when my dad would see some of the friends I was starting to hang around with, he would bring me in and say, son, you can't hang around with that person anymore. Why not? They're really nice. No, you can't. I'm just telling you, you can't. You've got to stop your friendship with them. And I'm glad I had a dad like this because he kept me out of a lot of trouble because he understood something intuitively that as a principle, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Yeah. The next one. Here is knowing and approving and confirming your child's what? God knows where you are all the time. I think that's a pretty good example for parents. You need to know where your children are all the time, right? Next one here, right? Monitoring and managing your child's what? Screen time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm already getting claps on that one, all right? Okay. And then monitoring your child's music, media, and web content, including the social media activity. That kind of goes in with the last one as well. The verse I'm going to give you here is a verse that you've probably heard lots of times before, but I want you, as I'm going to read it to you in just a moment, I want you to think of it as a parent just for a moment, just maybe for one time. Think of that only as a parent, okay? And your job as a parent. And Peter writes these words in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. I want you to read them together with me. Let's read them aloud. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Here's what I noticed in this verse. 
What are the first two words? That would have been sufficient. But it wasn't enough for Peter. Peter said, stay alert. And then what did he add to it? Watch out. Back-to-back twins tandems up two phrases. Stay alert and watch out. Pretty serious. Would you agree? Stay alert, watch out. Why? Because you got a great enemy, and his name is the devil, and he is prowling around. Where is he prowling? He's prowling lots of places, but he's certainly prowling where? At your house. Stay alert, watch out for your enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. What is he looking for? Someone to devour. The verse goes on. The next verse in verse number nine says that we're to be strong and resist him in the faith. Strong and resist in the faith. Here's what I want you to see that what we need to do as parents is we need to be alert and watchful. That's called engagement and to stand firm in the faith because here's the victory. The victory is this. The enemy doesn't have to get your kids, okay? But it requires a parent that stands in the gap and stays engaged and says, you know what? This is my job. I've been assigned this by God, and I'm going to trust him with my capacity to do the best that I can, to be as engaged as I can be, and leave the rest with God. Let me conclude with one last thing today. As I mentioned a moment ago, there's not a single parent in this place that if you look through, if we go through this, this message again today, that we haven't all failed in one of these areas. And here is the good news. The good news is this. When you fail, God's grace can make up for your mistakes, okay? Are you hearing me, okay? Don't walk out of here and say, I really blew it. I really messed up. My goodness, what's going to happen to my kids? The beautiful thing to remember is that even when you've messed up, God's grace is still sufficient and strong. Even when you're not faithful, God is faithful. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad to know that? Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Join Pastor Dale and Terry O'Shields, June 10th to the 20th, 
as you travel to Israel on a wonderful, transformational adventure that will change your life. For more information, visit church-redeemer.org forward slash holy land. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. With all eyes on the Vatican, the meeting on Catholic clergy sex abuse ended with no concrete policy developments. As the New York Times reports, for all the vivid language and the vow to combat the evil that strikes at the very heart of our mission, the Pope's speech was short on the sort of detailed battle plan demanded by many Catholics around the world. So the really surprising development in all this was the lack of any development in concrete policies. Nicholas Cafardi, a prominent canon lawyer in the United States, said, and I quote, The Pope is the sole legislator, so he could make this change whenever he wants. Zero tolerance should be universal law, and the Holy Father can do it himself, end quote. But attendees did not even hear the term zero tolerance from Pope Francis. The Pope fails to understand the gravity of the charges that have been made for decades against the Roman Catholic Church. I'm Albert Moeller. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu The following program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries. Here's Pastor Rick Warren. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. And when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not burn up. The flames will not consume you. I don't know what valley you're going through. But the antidote is Psalm 73, 28. As for me, God's presence is all I need. I've made the sovereign Lord my shelter. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue with a series based on the 23rd Psalm called Living in the Goodness of God. In these lessons, Rick will show us that no matter what comes our way, as Christians, we can always count on God's goodness and favor to be upon our lives. In a few moments, we're going to tell you about a brand new resource called the Living in the Goodness of God Guided Experience Book. This Bible study tool will help you learn to trust the goodness and favor of God in every area of your life. Find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 99000 while you listen to today's message. That's PastorRick.com with two R's in the middle or you can text the word DAILY to 99000. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called The God of My Valleys. Three things God wants you to remember in a valley. Number one, remember I'm not alone. God is with me. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. By the way, that word shadow of death, uh, that's one word in Hebrew. It's salmawet. Salmawet is the valley of the shadow of death. Friends, sooner or later, this shadow is going to cross your path. If it hasn't already, that shadow of death is going to cross your life. I've lost a mom and a dad and a brother and a son. And as pastor, I've lost a lot of friends. And I've stood at more bedsides in their final moments than you would ever want to stand at. I have seen the valley of the shadow of death probably more than anybody in this room, unless you're a nurse. But it's going to fall across 
your life at some time. That shadow is going to fall across your life. You know what I've learned in watching that so many times? I've learned that shadows are often larger than the real thing. You ever seen a shadow of a truck that was bigger than a truck? Yeah. Shadows are often bigger than the real thing. The other thing I've learned is that shadows can't hurt you. You ever been run over by a shadow of a truck? How do you you handle that? It's not like a truck. Is there a difference between being run over by a truck and being run over by the shadow of a truck? Yes. And and so it is your fear of death because you're not ready to meet God. It is your fear of the shadow of death that haunts you. Fear is always greater. It's an image without substance. That's what a shadow is. But here's the most important thing I've learned about shadow. There cannot be a shadow without a light. The shadows in your life are the evidence of the presence of light in your life. If there was no shadow in your life, there would be no light. Because there's no light, there's no shadow. Shadows imply the presence of light. God is with me. God is with me. And the way you deal with shadows of death or the shadows of despair or the shadow of depression or the shadow of the fear that you're losing your mind or the shadow that you're going to die alone or the shadow, you name your fear. How do you deal with the shadow? Here's how you do it you turn your back to the shadow and you look at the light. And all of a sudden, you don't see the shadow anymore. Every time you get afraid, you need to look at the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who believes in me shall not walk in darkness. He who believes in me will not stumble in darkness. I am the light of the world. The first thing God said when he created the universe, let there be light. The Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. When you are scared by the shadows in your life, you just need to turn around and look at the light. Stop focusing on the stuff that's scaring you to death. Those bills, those fears, those worries, that stuff that goes around in your mind, and just get your focus off your fear and get your focus on the Father. You look at the light, and the shadow can't hurt you. In fact, you don't even see it. And when you're going through a tunnel, how do you make it through a tunnel? You keep your eyes on the light at the end. And you just keep going. Remember that God is with me. Shadows can frighten you, but they can't harm you. Look at this verse on the screen. There's benefits even in the shadows. In Job 12, 22, God uncovers deep things out of darkness. God uncovers deep things out of darkness. And he brings into light even black gloom and the shadow of death. I've told you many times since Matthew died, I learned stuff in his death that I've never learned any other way. Spending hours and hours alone with God for 122 days after my son died. 
The stuff I learned in the valley of the shadow of death, I would have not learned any other way. God uncovers deep things out of darkness. And God says, just remember, you're not going through this by yourself. You may not be able to see me, but I'm there. And if you see a shadow, guess what? Its presence shows there's light. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. And when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not burn up. The flames will not consume you. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. And there's more great teaching coming up. Now, if you'd like to connect with Rick, just go to PastorRick.com and click on his social media links. While you're there, be sure to sign up for his free daily email devotional. And if you'd like to let Rick know how this broadcast has touched your life, you can email him at Rick at PastorRick.com. Is God always good? What about during times of pain and suffering? Even during difficult times, God wants to comfort you. He wants you to rest in his promises. That's why Pastor Rick has created the Living in the Goodness of God Guided Experience book. In this one-of-a-kind spiritual growth tool, you will dig deep into Psalm 23, experiencing God's unrelenting love for you and discovering why this passage can become the foundation for your faith. You will learn to trust the goodness of God in every area of your life. In this Guided Experience book, Rick will show you how to revolutionize your life and your relationships, rest and recharge your body and mind, create a habit of worship instead of worry, practice loving God and others as well, use your time for things that matter most, stop comparing and start being content. Throughout this guided experience, you will practice meditating on God's word, shifting your focus from your fears to focus on your father and move from being overwhelmed to overflowing. The Living in the Goodness of God Guided Experience book has a vegan leather cover with 288 pages packed with inspiring photos and artwork. This spiritual growth resource is yours today when you support this broadcast ministry with a financial gift. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this great resource. That's PastorRick.com or you can call 800-600-5004. That's 800-600-5004. Thanks in advance for your support. Once again, here's Rick. Second thing you need to remember when you're in a struggle and in a valley, remember that God has a good purpose for my valley. Remember, this whole psalm is on the goodness of God. God is a good God. God cannot do evil. It's impossible for God to do evil. God can only do good in your life. God has good plans for your life. And so I remember that even in the problems I'm going through, the valleys I'm going through, God has a good purpose for my valley. Romans 5, verse 3 and top 5. We can even rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And that kind of hope does not disappoint us. There are a lot of kinds of hope in the world that are false hope. This kind of hope does not disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts. God is building character when you're going through that valley. And that character is going to outlast everything else. 
Hosea 2.15 says this. I love this in the New Living Translation. I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Some of you need that verse. The valley of trouble actually is a valley. It's the valley of Achor. I didn't have time to cover it. It's covered both twice in in Joshua and it's covered in Hosea. And you're going to go through the valley of Achor too, the valley of trouble. And God says, I will turn the valley of trouble into a valley, a gateway of hope, a doorway to hope. One translation says, I'm going to turn trouble valley into hopeful valley. Colossians 1.11 says this. God will give you, God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when troubles come, but you will be patient. He's not just going to give you his presence. He's going to give you his power. So I remember. I remember that I'm not alone. And I remember that God has a purpose, a good purpose for the valley I'm in. The third thing I remember is that the reward will last forever. This is not the end of the story, friends. And you're going to be rewarded for being faithful to Christ in the valley of failure, in the valley of fear, in the valley of conflict, in the valley of grief the valley of brokenness and the valley of trouble and all the other valleys that are in scripture. Colossians, 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our present troubles are quite small in relative to eternity. Our present troubles are quite small and they won't last very long, yet they are producing in us an eternal glory which will last forever and is greater than anything we can imagine. You won't be in heaven one minute and you'll be going, what was I thinking? Why did I complain so much? Why did I gripe so much? Why did I worry when I was going through these different valleys of life? It was worth it all. I don't know what valley you're going through. Psalm 107 says this, up here on the screen. Some were living in gloom and darkness like prisoners in chains, suffering in chains, because they'd rebelled against the commands of Almighty God. You weren't doing what God told you to do, so you're in a valley. And they had rejected his instructions. And as a result, they're worn out from hard work. But then in their trouble, they called to the Lord and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of their gloom and darkness. He broke their chains in pieces. And they now must thank the Lord for his constant love and for the wonderful things that he did for them. Now, until we get to heaven, we're going to face valleys. Believers have accidents, disappointments, financial problems, family issues, mental illness, physical illness. We all go through valleys, but here is the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. For a Christian, for a follower of Christ, going through the valleys is different from a non-believer. Not because of the absence of the shadow, but because of the presence of the shepherd. I will be with you. The Lord is my shepherd. And he gives me his promise of power 
and purpose and protection and peace and his presence. I don't know what kind of valley you're going through. Some of you are in the depth of the darkest valley. I have no doubt about that. But Ricard, regardless of the type of valley, it's not going to last. There is a way out. And you have a shepherd. But you've got to decide to make him your shepherd. The Lord is not your shepherd unless you've asked him to be your shepherd. Unless you've surrendered your life to him. Unless you've said, God, I can't make it through this valley without you. When you do that, now the Lord is my shepherd. And I have everything I need. And he does all these things for me. Did you notice the change in tense when we went from verse 3 to verse 4? Verse 1, 2, and 3 is how God helps us in the good times. He leads me. He guides me. He helps me. He, he, he meets all my needs. He makes me lie down and rest. He provides everything I need. It's, it's third person. He. Now we get to the problems and he switches and he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He didn't say he is with me. He's not talking in third person anymore. Nothing makes the ultimate intimate faster than pain. Now he's not talking about God out there. He's talking about God in here. He is become, has become you. I'm not going to fear for you. You, you are with me. And you will protect me. We're going to look at that in another week. So there's one last valley you need to go through. And it's the valley in Joel 3.14. Look up here on the screen. Multitudes, yet multi yes, multitudes, are in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. You're in it right now. Before you were even born, God knew that you would be here listening to me speak so he could say this to you. This is your moment of decision. This is your valley of decision. You're going to decide for me or against me because it's going to decide everything else in your life. Make the wise choice. Let's bow our heads. You're in the valley of decision, whether you're listening to this on the internet or the radio or at a campus or in a small group study, you're in. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.